Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. Kyle, we are live. Thank you so much for jumping on my podcast, the Recession-Proof Podcast. Since you had your logo on on yours, I had to bust out mine. (laughs) It's a virtual background, but anyways, glad to have you on the show, man. Hey, thanks for being on or having me on. Uh, Man, it's it's really a good time to start talking about recession-proof stuff, huh? Yeah, crazy, crazy. I mean, I would have never thought we'd be talking this year about a potential recession from a virus. I mean, I got the right. flu really bad this last year. And now I'm like, gosh, dang it, we can't even get a break. So <clears throat> it's very interesting. Um, I had an investor text me, said, hey, are we still going to buy that property? I said, of course we are. Have you seen the interest rates? <laughs> so um, we're buying rentals. People still need a place to live. But Exactly. Yep. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about you. So Kyle, you and I are in a mastermind group uh, together of some of the you know, leading or very successful business owners. I love your brand, Fearless Flipping. Tell me a little bit about that first. Yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of funny, Sam, because in the beginning, yeah, we were really focused on flipping. And now really what we talk about a lot is Airbnb. And there's so much to talk about right now when it comes to Airbnb. And, you know, I, I definitely think there's some things that people can take away from this, especially with a recession-proof mindset today. But yeah, really got into real estate investing in January of 2019. Got excited about flipping houses as an active way to start in real estate in order to eventually get into passive real estate. And then I kind of examined where I was at and I was like, wait, I've been kind of doing this passive real estate thing for a while because I've been doing Airbnb since 2015, but just as a form of house hacking, you know, just as basically renting a room out of my house. And so I was like, well, maybe like since I'm all in with real estate now, I ought to just try Airbnb from an all uh, entire home standpoint. And, you know, I keep hearing about people instead of making $200 per door, $300 per door, making thousands of dollars per door with Airbnb. And so I gave it a shot and man, it changed my life almost overnight. Went from $1,000 of uh, gross income in Airbnb per month to 15,000 plus in five months in just five properties. And wow. now today we stand at nine properties. And even with this rough month of coronavirus and everything, we're, we're really, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to say that we're going for a record month right now, knock on wood. And, and it's wow. just, it, we're chugging along. Well, good for you, man. Yeah. Coronavirus is, is a, a beast that's going to affect every industry. And for months and months to come, many people think years to come, but, but Airbnb is awesome because people still need a place to stay. They're still looking for a deal. I don't think the world's going to stop. I think people are going to get coronavirus, just like you and I were talking about a little bit earlier. They're going to get it. They're going to get through it. Most healthy adults will, it'll feel like a, you know, a flu. And then, then they're going to be, you know, immune and, and they'll continue on with their lives. So really with interest rates so low, I'm guessing you guys are still looking at, at other properties to, to buy, right? Yeah. Well, so 
you and I haven't really talked a whole lot about this, but I don't know if you're familiar with, you know, there, there's really three different ways that you can get into Airbnb. You can own a property, which, mm -hmm. you know, I always am looking for creative ways to do that, whether it's the burst strategy subject to creative financing. But, you know, I've gotten into a few properties, even just taking advantage of a regular old investor loan of 20% down because the numbers work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. at the end of the day, I would rather get into something that's very easily scalable with no money in the deal. And so there's basically two ways that I'm doing that to grow my business right now. One is called rental arbitrage. For mm -hmm. a lot of people that do know anything about Airbnb, this has been a popular topic, especially with Brian Page coming in on the scene with Airbnb. This is basically, guys, if you don't know what rental arbitrage is, it's really a, a simple and genius way to get into Airbnb. You just go talk it. to the landlord who owns a property or a leasing agent who owns a, an apartment complex and say, hey, listen, I want to be your best tenant. I want to pay rent early. I want to repair things when they get, you know, let's just call it damaged or, or stuff starts to come up. Yeah. And I don't want you to even have to worry about hearing from me. Plus I'm going to be insured with a million dollars of insurance through Airbnb. I just need uh, your permission to be able to sublet this through Airbnb. And so, you know, it's, it's a little bit more of a complicated conversation than that. But when you get landlords and leasing agents that like this idea, man, it, it can really take off very quickly and you start getting referrals to other ones. And that's where I've also seen the third way that you can have an Airbnb, which is management, where you mm -hmm. literally just get a percentage as being a co-host for someone who owns a property. So while mm -hmm. rental arbitrage, you pay a rent and you earn the spread, management, you get paid off of the gross rental income and the rest of the profit goes to the landlord. What's great about that is you don't have to pay for furnishing. You don't have to pay for repairs. That's all on the landlord side. And wow. they're happy because now they're cash flowing instead of $200 or $300 a door, more like six, seven, $800 a door, which is a great win-win. Wow. Okay, hold on. We, you talked about some really cool things. I mean, number one, you can go out and you can buy a property if it's a single family home, 20% down, get like a 3.5% interest rate. I don't know. It, crazy, crazy way to buy properties and, and you can Airbnb that. But the rental arbitrage, I don't think a lot of people know about that. I heard, I don't know when I heard about it. And, and I was like, wow, I didn't realize people were doing that with Airbnb, but it, it's smart. And, and people have been doing it for years, just not with Airbnb. And, and so now that they're doing that, they're making a ton of money. So basically to break it down, very simple for our listeners, I go rent a house, I sign a lease, a 12 month lease. And as long as the landlord is okay with it, I then Airbnb that property. So I have to pay the lease. Let's say it's $2,000 every month. And Kyle, I'm kind of curious, what would you expect to Airbnb as far as gross income on a property that maybe my, my rent's around two grand? Yeah. You know, you want to look for the properties that are going to get you two and a half to three times your rent. So if I'm wow. paying 2000, then I'm going to be looking for something along the lines of 5,000 to 6,000 gross rental income. Awesome. Okay. So that's really cool. That's really cool. I actually have a buddy that bought a house and he's, he's, he bought it, but he's getting about five times his mortgage payment. That's wow. in Scottsdale, Arizona though. So Wow. A little bit of a unique market, kind of crazy. But so, so you rent the property, you're getting two and a half to three times the rent. Um, you have to be the one that makes sure it gets cleaned. Maybe you have a company that, that cleans it for you, gets it ready and, and turns it over every time you have a new renter. How many leases can you sign? I mean, is there a limit on this? Is, I mean, because the know. maximum exposure you have is 
is the lease through that year or whatever the term is and, and your deposit, right? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a, hopefully I don't have coronavirus. Um, <clears throat> so I've got, I've got right now three different leases. And so basically to give you a breakdown, Sam, we've got right around 12 doors, nine or 10 of which are Airbnb. The other two are long-term tenants who actually are living on that property. So like a mother, one thing that I love and that I talk about is called the mother-in-law hack. I'm going to go, I can go off on so many tangents, but I want to focus on <laughs> what you're focused on here. So I've got three leases. If I wanted to, I could have 30, I could have a hundred. I just got a call yesterday from a really big real estate investor who is actually really known nationwide, but here lives in Fresno. And he was like, Hey, you know, what if we wanted to do 25 with you? And I said, well, let's rock and roll. So, Dang. yeah. So, I mean, it, it's really something that's very scalable, but to go back to your point, you have to have systems. You have to add people. You have to, just like anything, like if I'm going to go, like what you're doing, Sam, with flipping a hotel, I mean, it's not just you. Am I right? Yeah. Me and my buddy. Yeah. So, and you need the, the contractors though. You need the, the money. You need all these all right. different things. Yep. But when it comes to Airbnb, what we need is we need a good cleaner. I need a good assistant or virtual assistant. I need great interior designer. I need great repairmen on my team so that basically as soon as we're, you know, clicking our fingers and saying, we got a new property, all these things go into place and go into systems where I'm just sitting back and watching the systems work themselves. So a lot of people ask me like, man, how much time do you put into managing your properties and managing my properties? I might put in one to two hours a week, Sam. Now with really? the stuff that's going on with coronavirus, you know, I'm being a little bit more hands-on to help the team, but you know, even that, like we're, we're weathering the storm and I'm handing off a lot of things and I'm creating those systems of here's how you talk to guests about this. Here's how we deal with this situation. And so that's really the big thing is that if, if you can, if you're a person that knows how to outsource, you're going to be great at a business like Airbnb. Awesome, man. That's amazing. So two to three hours a week, you know, as far as there's nothing crazy going on, that, that's, that's a very low time input for the type of money you're making. Yeah, it's awesome, right? I mean, it, but here's the thing is that most people don't get to that point. Most people, you know, will go do the cleans themselves. They'll do the communication themselves. Sounds and, like the uh, worst. Oh, gosh. And, <laughs> and that's one of the number one major things that the people that are already in Airbnb that I'm helping, that's usually their biggest issue is that they're the frontline man or woman to communication with the guests, communication to the cleaners, communication to the repairman, the interior designer. When you are the front line, the front man, you're not in a passive income. You're in an active income. Right. And it's a job. yeah, well, yeah. Not and so an that investment is a job. Exactly. You're, you're literally just creating a job. Even if it's just managing people, I've got it to the point where I manage one person. And that's why I talk to one person Wow. One to two times per week over the phone. And most of the time, it's just a text here and there of just helping them to continue to get into my mind. Like that's, that's just all I need is one person that understands the way that my mind works so they can go and duplicate that and all the systems that we've created. So that's awesome, um, man. I, I may need you to help me with my hotel because <laughs> I'm driving <laughs> down there. It's very management intensive. I mean, it's, it's not one house or one property. So I knew it was going to be brutal, but 96 rooms as a restaurant, as a, a dance hall has a bar pool and i think i talked to an average about five people a day about it it's it's brutally hard as far as time consumption and yeah. going down there we're right in the thick of it though but but ultimately i really like what you said that should be your goal is to talk to one person 
it should not be my job. Or if I'm an Airbnb host, it should not be your full-time job or part-time job. That's that, that negates the whole, whole reason for having an investment. Your investment is to, you know, make you wealthy. The reason you invest is to make you wealthy without having to work a job. And, and so it's funny, I see people doing exactly what you're talking about. They'll buy a property, they're going to manage it themselves. I'm like, so basically you just gave yourself another job. It's not an investment yeah. anymore. Well, and I was just talking to a friend of mine yesterday. We were kind of, I'm, I'm in a, an office where there's a lot of investor friendly people from contractors to flippers to wholesalers, real estate agents, all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. so we do a lot of masterminding here in the office and we were sitting around yesterday and he was like, man, you know, I just, I just can't see how I can scale. I, I don't see how I can do any better. He's like, I had a great year. I think a lot of people would kill to have the kind of year I had last year, but like, I don't have time with my family. I don't have time to do Ooh. stuff that I really want to do. And really like the best advice that was given to me and what we ended up talking to him about is just making this quadrant. So, you know, if you can picture it and I, if you're listening right now, I would just get out a piece of paper and I would just draw a line down the middle vertically and a line down the middle horizontally. So you have four different sections and on the left side, upper left-hand corner, you're going to put things that you're good at and you do like. Mm. Hold on, on the I'm bottom on my iPad. Things yeah, that, do you, it. that you're good at and you do like. Okay. Then on the bottom left corner, it's things that you're not good at, but you like. So something you'd like to be better at. Maybe that's, man, I, I love being at the projects and talking to the contractors, but I just don't have a lot of time to do that. So you're not good at being there and being present but you like doing that. That was actually what he ended up talking to me about, which is unusual for people. Most people want to be away and just have it done on their own, but everyone's different. So that's why this is basically what we're doing here is we're, we're feeding your, your soul. This is not even just about making a passive income. We're literally feeding what you want. So left-hand side, again, at the top, things that you like, but, and you, and you're good at bottom left, things that you like, but you're not good at upper right-hand corner is things that you don't like but you're good at and then uh, bottom right hand corner is things that you don't like and you're not good at so essentially everything that you either don't like oh yeah pretty much anything you don't like whether you're good at it or not you want to outsource all that stuff right so like i'm really good with communication but i hate having to be the one that talks to all my guests in airbnb okay so so even though I'm like Johnny on the spot, quick to respond, because I don't like it, I find myself being short with guests. Like yesterday we had someone who wanted to cancel because of coronavirus and they, they just wouldn't cancel because they didn't believe they were going to get a refund. And I was like, I, I'm, and I'm sitting here like reading these conversations and mm -hmm. seeing my manager responding instead of me. And I said, it's a good thing that you're responding because I would be a total asshole to this person right oh, now <laughs> <laughs> because I just need you to cancel so other people can book. But anyway, so long story short, when I was given this advice, that helped me to focus on what I was good at or what I wanted to be good at and what I really, really enjoyed. And what I found that I'm really, really good at and what I really, really enjoy is creating systems and finding good people to put in those spots so that I don't have to focus on communicating with guests. I don't have to focus on going and cleaning 
the Airbnbs. I can do, I could literally, I got asked this question the other day, Sam from uh-huh. someone else is, I was on the flip with Rick podcast and, and he was basically asking me like, you know, when, when do you get to the point when you just like go fulfill your dreams? Cause you got great passive income. And I'm like, man, I could, I could probably go do that right now. And I, and I looked back and I was like, man, eight months ago, I was, I was unable to do anything because I had to be in these places. I had to be present. I had to be like at the projects or at the Airbnbs. And now today I'm like, man, everything I'm doing is from my phone or a computer. I could do this from anywhere. And that's, that's a really exciting thing to, to think about. That's awesome, man. I'm actually taking notes as we talk. I've never done the quadrant thing. I, I've specifically known for a long time that parts of this business, I, parts of the business I don't like and actually brought on a partner that's the polar opposite of me. So do you have employees and managers that are maybe just fill those? I mean, you just said you did, but they fill those gaps really well. And that, did you hire them because of that? Yeah. So I've been in that situation where I've had a business partner in a different business where we were very much alike. And so because of that, we were both trying to work on the same things that had different ideas for those things. And because of that, we clashed. So whenever I'm looking to bring someone into my business, whether it's an employee or a partner, I, I'm looking for people that are going to fill in the gaps that I don't have and do the things that I don't want to do. So my number one assistant, you know, she was started off as a cleaner and I just, I casted the vision for where she could eventually go with this business. I showed her that, Hey, listen, we have one property right now. My goal is to have five or six by the end of the year. And then, you know, sky's the limit. Ideally, I'd like to have 20 by the end of 2020. Cool. And so yeah. I told her, you know, we're going to start you off as a cleaner, but um, I'd really love to see you step up to the plate and start taking on more responsibilities like communication with guests. And um, then eventually maybe you're even managing other cleaners and you're not having to be the cleaner. And I mean, here it is coming to fruition. We are, she started with me in July. It's now mm-hmm. March. And in February, we transitioned her out of cleaning completely. And now she just wow. manages all the cleaners. She manages all communication. Nice. It's, I mean, complete, complete awesome godsend to be able to see this come to fruition. And, but it all started because I saw that what she was good at was customer service and what she was really good at is, and you know, she's one of those people that just loves, loves, loves to know that, you know, she's in a place of security where she's going to be long-term. And so I just showed her, here's how you can stay with us long-term. Here's how we can do this thing together. And she stepped up to the plate and continues to do that. So um, that would be the kind of person I would be looking for if you're going to get into any sort of business is someone that, that, you know, wants that security and sees where you're going and wants to go with you. That's awesome, man. That's really, really cool. And um, just really quick for an exercise, I want to go over this because sure. So things in my business, so we own a 96 room hotel. Mm -hmm. We're buying 282 doors in Cincinnati. We just wrote an offer on 150 more doors in Cincinnati. We're buying a property in Florida and then we each have a a small residential portfolio. So I'm selling real estate. What's that? You got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, and so it's funny because we've got a lot going on and, and we desperately need to outsource even more. We're bootstrapping our business right now. So there's, we probably need to hire one individual to do the, the underwriting. And that's, that's one of the first things I wrote down is things that I don't like, but that I'm good at is underwriting a deal. So basically that means data input, you mm-hmm. get a 272 door property and you've got to look at every lease, look at every, all the rent rolls, all the expenses. 
And my partner and I are, we crush it. We, I mean, we were very conservative and we're very accurate, but we love to hire an intern to do that because we can teach them how to do it just as accurate, just as conserv- conservative. And, you know, I was really trying to think, looking at this quadrant, what else can I save time on? Because mm-hmm. what I'm really good at and what I like is finding deals, business planning for those deals as far as creating a, you know, a, a plan. So each Airbnb B&B property you buy has a different plan, right? Like it's a unique property. And yeah. I'm guessing you and your team, that's one of the main things you do to make sure you're going to make money. Yeah. So, so let me make sure I understand. So the thing that you just talked about, you're good at underwriting a deal, but you don't like doing it. So it would go in that right. upper right-hand corner there, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, and yeah, I mean, but here's also where you need to think like, is that intern going to be someone that eventually you can hire to bring into your business? Cause if you can't, then you're going to have to have this yeah. like revolving door of interns. Uh, I guess my question is, you know, if it's data entry and it's analyzing deals, uh, why not a like just virtual assistant? It's, it's actually, that's a really good question. My idea is find an intern from the finance department at the local university and then hire them full time because it, it's extremely difficult to teach someone to look at deals. Once you get past the data entry part, you then have to use quite a bit of intelligence to, to underwrite these deals. So there's comparables. a little bit of education behind it that you yeah. need. Okay. So, okay. So that most people sense. in my field, they're paying those type of ind- individuals 50 to 70,000 a year, mm. um, you know, and, and they're doing two deals, two deals a quarter. So, so they can afford to do that. We're doing one deal every six months right now, just cause we're so conservative and don't have the deal flow that everyone else has. So yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. I don't want to be training people perpetually how to do this. I don't want to pay someone six bucks an hour because we've actually tried that and it, they just weren't detailed enough or smart enough. And so, yeah, that, that's the next step for us. That will free up a ton of time. Well, I think, I think this is too, like Sam, where, you know, Matt Larson? I don't. Okay. He, he's a big time investor who literally, I mean, they had to create like a mini Lowe's slash Home Depot in their own town to be able to get as much uh, material in to do all the flips that they're doing. They're doing like a hundred wow. flips a year. Wow. So he basically talked about how, like, you know, even with, all the things that they have going on, he has maybe five hours a week that he puts into it because he literally got to the point in his business. He, if a decision had to be made and he was the only one that knew how to make that decision, then basically not only was he no longer in a passive business, mm-hmm. but he was in a business that if he died tomorrow, if he got sick tomorrow, the business would shut down because he's the only one that could answer those questions. Wow. And that's a scary thought, right? So going back to this conversation I had with my, my friend yesterday in my office, you know, he was talking about like, you know, I don't want to, he, he is really driven by stuff where he's out and talking to people and uh, having conversations with the contractors. He's a, he's very, very like extrovert personality. And he's like, I don't want to go to Hawaii for three weeks and sit on a beach and, and do nothing. He's like, I want to be out in the field. And I said, yeah, that's great. But what if you die tomorrow? Like what happens? And he says, you know, well, you know, X, Y, and Z happens, but yeah, the business shuts down. And it's like, are you okay with that? Are you okay with all these people that you've put to work that are now going to be out of a job because now you're, you're done. Right. (laughs) So it, it becomes this very like selfish decision that if you're not outsourcing, if you're not 
creating systems, then basically you're the only one that you care about. It's a really, really good point. And, you know, as you're talking about that, I'm like, man, my partner's Lyndon. Can Lyndon do, do what I, you know, what my responsibilities are and can I take care of his responsibilities? It would be tough. I think we could, either of us could keep going, but that's why I brought in a partner early on is I wanted, first of all, to have time for my family. I wanted to be able to go to Hawaii for three weeks. That, that actually excites me. Right, that's me, me too, yeah. <laughs> you just saw my little two-year-old, you know, he, yeah. he's, he's a lot of fun. I have a six-year-old as well. And a uh, super awesome wife who is patient with me flying all over the country all month. But yeah, I wanted to be able to, to step away and say, hey, partner, you got me for the next two weeks. And yeah. I'm not gonna answer my phone, by the way, because we've built this together. And when you go on vacation, I don't expect you to answer your phone. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's the way that we're building it because I think that's by far the best way to build a small business is have a partner and, because so many people get burnt out. And I didn't even think about it before, but yeah, if, if you don't have that, your employees, that your investors, the people that work with you, for you, mm-hmm. that have given money to you, trusted you, um, you're actually giving them a, you know, doing them a disservice by, by not being able to have the business stand on its own feet. Yeah. You know, I just actually did a deal recently with an investor. This was probably the most creative deal that I've done so far. It's one that I'm going to live in and we Mm -hmm. used uh, my FHA loan to be able to get into it. So 3.5% down the interest rate was like, I think we're at like three, three, seven, five, something like that. If I had like gotten into it, even like a week later, it'd probably be at like two, seven or something because of all these rates right right now. But you know, what we did is We brought him in. This is a single family home, but it has a mother-in-law unit in the back. And then we're creating another unit where basically I'm going to rent out two of them through Airbnb and live in one of them. And it's going to cash flow in the first year. If my numbers are right, it'll cash flow between $400 to $600 per month. And then in year two and beyond, it should cash flow about $1,200 to $1,600 a month based on the the loans that I have with this guy. But, you know- Long story short, I set that up to say, you know, I have zero money in the deal, but um, this guy has a lot of money in the deal, about $58,000. And he says to me, you know, like, hey, dude, you know, like, I understand everything that's going on in the house. I understand even if you move out, how that actually benefits both of us, because now you'll be running out three instead of two. He's like, I get it all. But like, yeah, what if you die tomorrow? Right. I was like, well, that's a really good question, (laughs) because in regards to like, a flip, you know, if I die tomorrow, then, you know, I get to tell that investor, Hey, you know, my contractors are still going to, they're not going to stop working. They've already been paid. They're going to finish it. And now you get to sell it in your name and you get to make all the profit instead of just the interest. So, you know, people are like, okay, that's great. Well, with this, I was like, wow, like that's a really good question actually. And, and it got me thinking like, do I have enough systems set in place? And the answer was no. So I told him, I was like, well, right now I, I'm just going to have to pass it off to another guy who is in my network that does Airbnbs and he'll take it over. He's already given me the consent. So he's not a partner of mine. So now I'm actively creating all these systems to make sure that my manager knows 100% if I die, here's how she can take over the business Mm -hmm. or share systems with other people to take over the business and for her to stay in the same manager role. So I'm working on all those things and creating 
Google Docs and all this stuff and videos and everything for people to know exactly how I run my business, which is essentially why I ended up starting a course because I was like, well, if I'm making this stuff anyway, I might as well let people right. know exactly <laughs> how to do it on their own. Nice. Awesome, man. And, and, you know, we get the question all the time, you know, what if you guys die in a plane crash? What if, what if you get sick? What if you get coronavirus and die? Yep. And I think this is a great topic. And, and, you know, the, even let's, let's say you don't have a big business. Let's say you just want to do a f one or two or three Airbnb properties. I mean, I think people should take your course because Airbnb, you can make a ton of money. There's great resources. If you don't know about airdna.co, if you're in Airbnb, you should. Yep. I'm always looking at that. You know, when I think I found a deal, looking at what Airbnb properties are going for. But the name of the game when you're investing is being able to walk away. Mm -hmm. And if you have partners, have investors, you have even more of a reason to have that. And I really like this topic we're on. But tell me about your course a little bit. Do you use airdna.co? What do you use and what can people who take your course use to help really learn to do this the right way and be profitable and, and be able to walk away from this and not have it be a full-time or a part-time job? Yeah, you know, so going back to your original statement there, if you want to do, you know, one, two or three, I just, I really think you're going to see that the bigger you get, the more passive you can be with it. Because mm -hmm. as you start to add more income to your portfolio, thank, thank you for saying that, by yeah. the way, because it's the same in apartments. The bigger you go, the yeah. more passive you can become. Yeah, it, go home it, or go home. I mean, it's absolutely vital. So keep going. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. So essentially what I mean there is, you know, you start managing your people more than you're managing the properties. But I guess your question there, Sam, is like what people will be getting if they if they use like my help and my course is that your main question yeah because i think i think a lot of people are are doing it just maybe uh listening to a podcast or watching some youtubes and i think to do it the right way and make a lot of money you, you need someone a coach or someone to, yeah. to help you along the way absolutely well let me first of all let people know that they can just get free resources for me they can actually get connected with me for free all you got to do is go to fearlessflipping.com forward slash airbnb host on there, you'll find a way to book a call with me. You'll find tons of tips on Airbnb, but also I have a free Airbnb calculator that they can download. It'll show you literally what you can profit. And there's even nice. a little number there at the bottom that if it's over 33%, then you've got yourself a deal. Now, again, with the disclaimer on there that you need to make sure that you're actually evaluating the deals correctly. And that's really like where I come in is I've created, yeah, I've created a course, but it's really a part of a mastermind. Um, so I don't just give the course away. I, you got to be a part of the mastermind. I got to be right there um, with you as a part of the group, because right now I think the is more important than ever is to understand that education is the most important thing. But I think a mentor is the one that's going to fill in those gaps. Um, Absolutely. I can go out. I mean, I can go out and teach myself on YouTube University. Uh, how to do a lot of things, but it's those little things that you, that are case by case scenarios that can't be taught to the masses. They have to be taught one-on-one -on -one with someone that's experienced those things. And that's why, I mean, I attribute all my success to um, a, my, my drive to want to find mentors and people to help me, but then those people that are helping me out to make sure that those questions get answered to either make thousands of dollars or save thousands of dollars because I don't get into mistake properties. That's really what we're creating in, in our Airbnb mastermind. If you actually 
download that Airbnb profit calculator, mm -hmm. you get sent to a page that explains a lot about our mastermind and about the opportunity to be able to, to get into it. I'm also very, very, very um, selective on who gets into that. So it's not okay. just a sign up and pay sort of deal. You're going to go through an interview process and we're going to make sure that, you know, you're really serious about doing this because I would much rather see people be serious about it and invest in their future than just take their money and, and, you know, they get to that point of like, Oh, I'll do this whenever I want to. I, right. I want people getting success right away. Awesome, man. And you know, I've got the links. I'm going to put them in the, in the show notes, Cool. <clears throat> but you know, talking about a resource and a coach and YouTube university, I've learned a ton on YouTube. I remodeled half my house, my last house nice. with YouTube university. That's awesome. But you know, when I decided to get into syndication a few years ago, um, I had developed a 250 door community in Boise and I had sold 106 properties that year. And, and I was like, you know what? I, I, I know I can do this. It, mm -hmm. It's not that complicated, but I want to know what I don't know. And I don't want to make mistakes with other people's money. I don't want to make mistakes with my own money. Yep. And, you know, Warren Buffett's number one rule is don't lose money. So what I did is I hired a coach and I paid a lot of money to this coach and this mentor. I mean, close to a hundred thousand um, dollars all in because, you know, just like you're saying, I, I wanted someone to hold my hand and, and, but also there's things that you can't learn on your own. There's when you actually start doing a deal and some that comes up and you're like, shoot, I actually didn't read about that. I didn't watch a video on that. I haven't seen this before. And, and, you know, real estate, that's why real estate is so hard for people to do really, really well at, but easy at the same time, because it's hard if you're trying to do it on your own. It's really easy if you get a coach, if mm -hmm. you do it with someone that's done it before. And, and so that's what I tell my investors and the people that work with us is, you know, work with us, we'll teach you how we do it. And you're the same, you're going to teach people how to do it have a mastermind group, which I'm part of three mastermind groups. It's awesome. And that's really the only way, in my opinion, to be successful and, and truly successful in real estate and, and life in general, I think. But And to add to your point there, I, I actually have quantified this in my business, Sam. And, and I think this is why I'm so passionate about helping others to do this is because uh -huh. I, you said something really, really key there. You wanted to know what you didn't know. Mm -hmm. And on my end, I just didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And so what happened was one day after doing this Airbnb thing out of a room out of my house for four years, I looked up and said, why haven't I tried, you know, listing this thing on, you know, the entire house for a weekend. And I went from like, you know, making basically 800 to a thousand dollars per month to having this light bulb moment where in one weekend I made $450. Nice. I was like, what just happened? And yeah. so that's when I started educating myself and I looked back, I said, if I knew this, right away when I first got into it, what could I have, what, what money have I left on the table in those four years yep. in one house, in one stinking house, $75,000 was the number I came up with in one house for four wow. years. And I guarantee you, Sam, if I saw the vision then of what that could create, I wouldn't have just stuck to one house. I would have 10 houses, 20, 30, and we would be talking about millions of dollars that now have been left on the table. And that hurts to think about, but at the same time, like that, that pain is what pushed me to get so invested into it right away to go from 1,000 to 15,000 over 20,000 
in less than a year with Airbnb because, but, but the key that I want people to understand there is that it, it took educating myself right. and finding out what mm -hmm. I didn't know and getting people that could pave that path for me. That's awesome, man. And, and it's funny, I've done the same thing. You know, I've spent a lot of time flipping properties and I've house hacked properties and lived in them while I flipped them. And I flipped the duplex and, and I've made great money on those. I have a good friend though, who is a very successful syndicator. His name's Jed. And we got into basically investing at the same time. I started flipping properties 10 years ago. He started syndicating multifamily assets 10 years ago. He makes about a million dollars a month now. Wow. And has over 1.6, probably I think over 1.7 billion in holdings. Mm. Now we both started at an amazing time in the market. I mean, yep. the flips that I did, I was making like 70 grand a pop as holding, I hold, held one rental for six months and, and made, I think it was like 200% of my money. Wow. That. So, so he and I made similar returns. We started at a very similar time. He went big and he had the resources and, and, you know, he had a little bit more experience than me and, and had, I think what I believe a lot better resources and connections. But still, I, I wish I would have gotten into syndicating earlier because it's less risk for me and my investors and it's more money. So I'm excited to see where the next 10 years go, but I'm joining these masterminds specifically to learn what I don't know. And, and I don't ever want to feel like I have it figured out. That, that's what I don't want and, and to be constantly growing. So I've got a buddy that just did that for me. He has a $50 million fund. And wow. I was like, well, wow. dang, dude, like that's... <laughs> He can just, he can go buy whatever property he wants with that fund. I was thinking of doing, you know, a little $6 million syndication, but this next one in Cincinnati. And, mm. and so anyways, it's, I, I think you're absolutely right. You have to learn what you don't know and, and you have to go bigger and bigger. And, and if only you could have gone bigger sooner, but tell me, what are you doing for the next, let's say five years to make sure you don't have that same regret? I'm, I'm curious where you think uh, you'll take your business to avoid that. Yeah, you know, that's something that's always going through my mind and something that I'm always trying to think about. And like where you're at is that that's really where I would like to end up being is is going through syndication and getting into the some of the bigger deals. Um, I guess part of part of where I'm at is just not even knowing like, you know, th that's kind of how I got into real estate was just listening to Grant Cardone. And, you know, I'm talking about apartment complexes and everything. And then as soon as I realized how much an apartment complex costs, I was like, holy cow, I can't afford an apartment complex. So yeah. <laughs> it was either syndication or getting into the smaller stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, I think for me at the end of the day, it was like, yeah, I want to get into apartments right away, but mm -hmm. I just need to get into real estate. And this felt like the most yeah. like tangible thing for me to do. So everyone's journey starts differently, but I think that my journey is eventually going into where you're at. And whether that's like getting into an apartment and Airbnb in every single unit or, or just, you know, having some Airbnbs still in that, that portfolio. I don't yeah. ever want to be out of Airbnb, but I would like to just continue to build on more income producing properties, especially mm -hmm. in a time like what it seems like we may be going into is, you know, whether it's a very quick spurt in the market or long-term, I really think there is going to be some sort of opportunity window um, that is going to present itself very, very quickly. And I want to be in a position to capitalize on that so that I can, you know, be like you and your friend. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I think that's great. So you want to go bigger. And to people that 
that have a similar desire as you that want to get into apartments, here's what I would say. It's actually easy and, and no guru is going to tell you this because they want you to take their course and learn how to syndicate. No coach is going to tell you this probably because he wants you to pay him for coaching, which you should. But here's a really, really easy way to get into multifamily investing. Find a deal. The money will come, right? It's free. It, oh, yeah. So me and 15 other syndicators, if you brought us a decent 50 to 100 unit to 500 unit deal right now, we would write you into the deal. You could put zero dollars in. All, your, all, the, all you have in is your time for finding that deal. We buy the deal and you've instantly got thousands of dollars per month coming in as a general partner in that deal because you found it. So deals are king always. You find a deal, people will let you into their circle so fast. So for you, Kyle, specifically, and for anyone else wanting to get into multifamily investing, it, it, it's, it's crazy. We're, we're buying a deal for $6 million that my, my buddy knew about a month ago. He knew about it off market. He didn't tell us about it because he wasn't sure if it fit our criteria. And last night at, I think it was 1 a.m., I finished my LOI and sent it over to the broker. So wow. he's kicking himself. He's like, gosh, dang it. Why didn't I send it over? But on that deal, I think he would have made, it was, let's see, it, it would have been about for him, 10,000 a year extra wow. income. Wow. You know, j just for finding the deal. So how do you find a deal? You find a deal by calling brokers, focusing on an area. You can cold call property owners if you want, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I imagine Airbnb similar. If someone doesn't understand exactly how to do it, but they think they have a killer deal, I'm guessing you'd be pretty open to uh, looking at that deal with them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyone can, and again, anyone can book a call with me if they think they have a, a deal. All you have to do is download that calculator, put in the numbers. And if you even want to get a second pair of eyes on it, you send it my way, book a call with me. And we'll look over it together. I would absolutely be open to that. Awesome. Awesome, man. Very cool. Well, really quick. I usually do this at the beginning of the call, but I always want to know what's motivating you. What is your why? And I feel like if you have a big enough why, big enough reason to be pushing in this industry or in life, you're going to be successful. I'll share with you mine really quick. Yeah. You saw my two-year-old. I have a six-year-old and a beautiful wife and we have a great life. We, we don't want a lot. We don't need, need a lot. But one thing that I really, really want to focus on is spending time with them before they're 18. My wife and I love to travel and teaching them really how to, how to be great human beings. And our goal is to travel the world with them, do a six-month vacation in, in the next few years, and then a 12-month vacation, visit poorer countries. When I visited Peru for the first time, I really understood what, mm. what uh, it is like to live in a third-world country, and, right. and my compassion grew as a person. And that's my goal. You know, I think they're going to be spoiled. They already are by their grandparents and probably by us too. And my goal is to take them around these third world countries and help them understand and get perspective in life. And uh, to be able to do that and, and also be retired by the time I'm 45. I'm, I'm, I'll turn 35 this year, so I have 10 years to go. But Kyle, tell me about what's motivating you and, and what, what, you know, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Yeah, no, that, that's awesome, man. You know, I started examining this when I got into a direct sales company about six years ago, because, you know, that's the big thing is they ask you, what's your why? You know, you got to define your why. If it doesn't, yeah. if it doesn't, you know, create some sort of emotion or pain, then like you're not going to keep on going. And you know what? Um, honestly, I got to the point where I think it was Ed Milet 
it was something that he said. It was about like, you know, being just passionate about every single day and just knowing that like whatever you're doing, you're doing with the most effort. And that has resonated with me more than any other why that I've ever either either tried to create in my mind or think that was my why. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think there's a lot of people that start thinking, I got to have a why. I got to know what I'm doing for this reason, for that reason, that reason. And some people like you have that. And some people like me who don't have a family, don't have kids, I've got my two dogs, you know, and, and just love my freedom and love to be able to, you know, go wherever I want, whenever I want. Well, that's your why right there, man. Well, yeah, and it is, right? But like, you know, right now it's it's just like I get more excited though about progress and doing something with passion every single day. And then when I want that time freedom, knowing that that's there is a great, great luxury. But just doing that thing every day is exact with passion, no matter what it is. If it's, you know, we... We went and saved a, a dog, two dogs actually back in November. And that was like my week long project. And I put my heart and soul into finding those dogs a uh, home. And then, and then it was, you know, spending time with, with family during the holidays. And I'm just putting all of my time into that. And then, you know, getting back into the mode of work in January and just knowing like, this is the goal and we're going to go after this every single day. Like, I just think it changes for me based on whatever I'm doing that day or that season in my life. And that's really what is like pushing me is just doing everything with passion. That's awesome, man. And, and it sounds like you need the freedom because yeah. your passion may change. You may realize you need to help those dogs or help people or, or help on, you know, spend time with your family. And, and I, I love that because that's the ultimate goal is to have freedom to go do things that you feel like you're making a difference and, and not be tied down. So I think that's, that's a great why. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, um, curious about a mentor or something in your life that changed your life for the better? Well, the decision that I made to get into real estate on January 6, 2019 was a big one. It was a huge decision. It came a day before I started a full-time sales job, which was like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it came actually 11 days before my dad passed away. Oh, no. So it was one of those times in my life where like that decision came at a not so opportune time but it was still something that I was so ready to do that no matter what distraction came up in my life, I was going to make it work. But then along the way, a good friend of mine here in town, his name is John. He mm -hmm. still is my mentor to this day. He doesn't expect a single thing back in return, except for me buying him lunch every once in a while has definitely been one person that like I just owe so much to and has been one of the reasons that I've been so successful in no matter what I'm doing in the last year and a half. That's awesome, man. So sounds like just making a decision was really life changing for you. And then, yeah. and of course, this, this John mentor of yours, um, curious about a book that that may have changed your life or something that someone can read or listen to on Audible. Yeah, I, I really like how to, oh gosh, wow, I just how to lost win it. friends and influence people. Yes, thank you. How to win friends and influence people. Absolutely. I, I really like Dude, that one. Yeah. I, I'm never really good at like book titles, <laughs> but no you know problem. what's another good one that I really like is The Dream Manager. I haven't heard of that. That one, you can read it in like seven hours and you can apply that to any business. It's a, a book about a janitorial company that had 107% turnover every single year. They were using 30% oh. of their income to, or you know, their, their revenue to actually just get 
the turnovers filled in and within six months because they created an environment for people to achieve their dreams rather than just come and clean toilets they had basically zero oh, wow. percent turnover and at the six month like turning point so i would really encourage people to look at that one it. too that are looking to start a business and have other people around them because it shows you how to how to really influence people Wow. So being a janitor and, and obviously that would trickle way up, but yeah, that, that sounds like an awesome story. I was a janitor once at Were you really in college. Nice. <laughs> I would clean <laughs> toilets, you know, exploding diarrhea and stuff at, at <laughs> night. <laughs> fun. And, and during the day I'd go to school. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Any, anything else you're working on right now that we want to share with people, anything we can promote for you. You have a podcast, YouTube channel, blog, your website, you know, that'll be in the show show notes, but anything else I can promote for you? Yeah. I mean, uh, we're just fearless flipping. If you just go to fearlessflipping.com, you'll get connected in so many ways with us. Yeah. We're working on a lot of stuff all the time, but I would just say, if you just want good free content, go to fearlessflipping.com. You'll see our YouTube page, our podcast channel, and a lot of other goodies on there. Awesome, man. Okay. We'll do that. I'm pretty much done. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really excited. And you know, I'm actually considering doing Airbnb on, on one of the properties I own and we're for sure going to be doing it on our hotel. So nice. we're actually going, we have three nice, actually four, well, three suites that we're going to be doing Airbnb on furnish them way, way nicer, I think, but I'll definitely be reaching out to you for some some guidance on that because I think we have a unique opportunity. And, and by the way, a bunch of my business partners or friends and colleagues, they do Airbnb, you know, one to 5% of their units um, out of the multifamily they own. So I think there's a great niche there and something you could fall right into. That's great. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show today. That's uh, exciting times for you too. Hey, okay, appreciate it.